Blog Talk Radio. Virgin Islands 
or any mention of it from family members? None. I did when I went before I migrated. My parents did um, take me to see a doctor in Barbados, and mm-hmm. at that time, it didn't have any name. Um, it, I just knew it wasn't a cure, but it was not that noticeable even at twelve. Mm, okay. Okay. Now, wow, your family didn't notice it even when you were a little girl. So I would want to imagine there's no family history of it. No one knew what this thing was? No family history. I'm the only one in my family. I do have my oldest daughter, who's 21. She do have some spots over her eyes and her fingertips, but that's it. None of my other girls have it. My grandmothers, my mother, no one else has vitiligo in my family. I, I tell you, uh, uh, every conversation that I've been having since I've been doing these shows, that has been the same story. I am the only one in the family, and that's true yes. for me as well. Yeah. Wow. So here you are. You're in St. Thomas, 12-year-old, going to school. Um, do you experience? Did you, did you experience any kids, for example, asking, what is that? How is that? Bullying, teasing, any of that? I did experience it at that time, but I think growing up in the islands, for one, then bullying wasn't that bad or it wasn't that horrific as it was now because kids are cruel. By nature, they right. are. But adults <laughs> are worse because they know mm. better. Uh, yeah. but, and my, fam- my village was really, I, God and my village was my backbone. I never felt mm. out of way or out of place. Yeah, You know, my dad especially was one of my strongest advocates. I Mm -hmm. never felt like I wasn't belong. I didn't belong there because I looked different. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I looked damn good, and that's how he always said I should present (laughs) myself. Say that again. That is powerful. Say that one more time. Yeah, he he said you always look damn good, and that's how Mm. I presented myself. Yeah, yeah. So so I did you, witness bullying, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. And like you're saying, we were in a different era. So you're right. You're right. Yes. Back then, yes. uh, even in the Caribbean, it's totally, totally that. Not allowed, because if you bullied somebody, the, the neighbor could grab you and get a tambourine whip or a belt and use it nicely on you. So that was not allowed. Not tolerated. Yes. Not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So you're, let's move on up. So 12, 13, 14, you're into the age now, um, migrating into middle school, high school, boyfriend, friends. How was that period of the journey? Never a problem, Miss Valerie. I, I, I think at that time it was just my lips mm. that were noticeable. Everywhere else was covered, but my lip was the only it, the only noticeable factor, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that noticeable. If you were okay. a stranger and you met me, you would never know I had vitiligo. My wow. family knew I had spots, but they didn't have mm-hmm. a name even at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then if that be the case, there was no need then for treatment of any kind, and you weren't seeing a doctor by this point um, in, in St. Thomas. No at all. I always had anemia. 
which mm-hmm. I didn't know that was one of the symptoms of having vitiligo until I was an adult, and mm-hmm. it got that bad where I had to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. So by then, at my teenage, early 20s, at 20 at least, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing any treatment, wasn't seeing no doctor, just going through life like anyone else. So at 20, it was still isolated to your lips? Yes, yes, yes. Wow, okay. So no need for treatment, and lips are hard as far as makeup. So, you know, except for lipstick or something, you were not trying to cover it, were you? Actually, Valerie, I don't know how to put on any type of makeup. I don't buy lipstick. I don't buy <laughs> eyeshadow. Mm. I, don't, I don't even know the name. I doesn't. I just, this is me. You just have to accept me for me. I'm not trying to belong. I belong Narika. here. Narika. You remember what your father yes, said? You said it a couple of minutes ago. What yes. did your father say? He said, you always look damn good. There you go. So, okay, that answers the point. You ain't buying no lipstick, yeah. eyeliner, nope. makeup, nothing. Yeah, and I was telling you, know, people you, you oh, you Daddy could... done set you straight. Right. And people say, oh, you could, you could wear makeup to cover it. I tell them, I don't have the money. I can't afford it. Mm. I don't have a problem with how I look. If you have a problem with it, that's your problem, not mine. Okay, okay. Got you. And you're right. You're totally correct with that. So you're up up to age 20, no need for makeup, no, you're not doing any of that, no treatment. Um, So getting out now, you're moving into the college years, per se, and probably Mm -hmm. going away from family into Atlanta or something. Tell me a little about that Mm -hmm. move and adjusting to new people, new places with this vitiligo. So I moved to Atlanta with my brother when I was about 23, Mm -hmm. and I still didn't have any real signs of vitiligo. It was just confirmed to my lips. Everything Mm -hmm. else was covered, and my lip was barely noticeable. Still, wow, good for you. Yes, right. So everything, um, at 23, I got pregnant with my first daughter, mm-hmm. and everything just started to turn by then. By 23, before 23, I would say I was maybe 10% covered, maybe 5 maybe uh-huh. 5%. By the time I was pregnant with my daughter, I would say I was probably about 85% covered. Wow, drastic change. In one, in a blink, I woke up and it was just patches. Wow. Never heard that one before. Right. Like instantaneously. Yes, just patches. Yeah. Just in a, like I said, in a blink of an eye. Wow. For a pregnant person going through this, how nervous were you? This overnight You know, thing. like I go back, I go back to what my dad said. <laughs> I and, love that. You know, you always look damn good. So and that when I walked into a store, I knew I looked different, mm-hmm. which wasn't a bad thing. Again, I wasn't looking to belong. I knew mm. I belonged there. That's right. So I expected the look. I expected the stares. I expected their nasty saves, but it wasn't going to stop me. I couldn't mm. stop. I wasn't going to be stopped. So I went in. I did it with a smile and even, hey, how are you doing? Wow. I, you wasn't going to make me feel bad. I was going to make you feel bad. 
because as you, you know, said, and then, you belong. Yes, ma'am, I do. And then you have to think about it. You know, when you don't know, you react a certain way because you don't know. So sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people wasn't educated. You know, mm-hmm. I had to learn myself. My parents didn't know, so I had to educate my parents, and I had to educate my husband, my girls. So my girls knew or they expected the treatment or the looks and the stares mm-hmm. because of me. But I didn't have well, the opportunity, yeah. but I knew I looked damn good, and I knew I belonged there. So I was going to be there. Wow. So here you are, 23 or so, when the volcano of your vitiligo erupted. And here Mm -hmm. you are with a brand new baby. And, oh, my gosh, dealing, coping. (laughs) Any thoughts at this point to probably get some some treatment? Not at that time. Um, I just didn't think nothing was wrong with it. I knew I looked different, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any health issues mm-hmm. to treat to get any treatment. There so I just I knew I couldn't stay in the sun. I knew I was always dizzy because my iron was always low. So those mm-hmm. those are the only two things that bothered me. Nothing else mm-hmm. did. Narika, I, I, I hear yeah. this this level of positivity. My God. You you you're amazing. You're amazing. So that's child your first child. Um did did was there another eruption with your second child, a burst of vitiligo with the second child? Yes, so the second was my second daughter. Actually I would say I was maybe ninety nine percent turned by that time. I barely wow. I think it was just like below my eyes and my mm. cheek that still had some darkness, some patches. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I met a lactation specialist at the hospital and she mm-hmm. had vitiligo, but she was completely mm. turned, she was dark. We were completely mm-hmm. opposite. I was white as people said she was black. Wow. And she gave me some information in reference to seeing a doctor, seeing mm-hmm. um, an acupuncturist to get it, um, to if I wanted to turn back black. Mm-hmm. And um, I, after I got out, did some research, and um, we just I didn't like where the research was going in reference to insurances. So we put a block on it, stopped, mm-hmm. and just went mm-hmm. on with life. That's beautiful. That's uh, that's totally beautiful. Now, but let me ask you, back that up a bit. So here you are, when you had your first or even into your second, uh, and you're at work, uh, were you in the medical field at this point, the healthcare field at this point? Yes, I was a front desk assistant for healthcare group, for hospital group. But these were the same people that I worked with for the last maybe 10 years. Four, six years, so I was changing around them. So they never made me feel less of Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And even patients, a lot of the patients that I never, never. Even my patients, they they saw me change, Mm -hmm. you know, or they would ask me questions. But they're like, I don't want you to feel bad, or I don't Mm -hmm. want to think I'm overstepping. And they'll ask a question, but. They never made me felt bad about vitiligo, mm. you know, or they never, they was never insensitive about it either. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. Now, I, I didn't want to leave him out, so let me jump in uh, to your husband. We talked about the two girls. How, when, when was the, how shocking was this burst of vitiligo on his pregnant wife was your husband? I don't think he cared. I don't think he even cared now. And the reason why I say this is um, I have a baby brother. He's six years younger than I am, and he used to stay with us at one time. And they used to joke about it, him and my husband, and, you know, and we still joke about it. So when I, I said, I said, hey, babe, I have a podcast today with Vitaligo. He said, well, you don't have Vitaligo. You're completely turned. So why are you? <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yes, so you it's have not, it's, Right. So it's not, you know, and sometimes he'll joke and I'll say, oh, I probably need to get a part-time job. And he'll say, well, you think you you could always strip. And this is a joke. <laughs> and um, he said, and you know what? You'll make more money than everybody because you're the only <laughs> one that has vitiligo that strips. Oh, my gosh. I love him. I don't know him, but I love him. Tell him I love him. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's it's like um, you know my husband um, the other day. I came out of the dentist because when you look at me straight on in my face, you don't see the side, the brown on my side of my cheek, down towards my neck. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I had my husband said this to me as I walked out of the dentist and I'm walking towards the car. He said, because people were looking, he could see people visibly looking at me. And he said, as, he, as, as I was walking to the car, he was wondering if they were thinking, oh, my gosh, is, is, his, is that his white wife? <laughs> it was so funny how he said it <laughs> in all these years, you know, because when you look mm-hmm. at me straight on, it looks like I'm totally depigged. But if you see my cheeks down towards my neck, that's where my brown still is. It's, these men, these men, I love, I love them. <laughs> so you have younger children, and I experienced an awesome conversation with a young woman out of Trinidad a month ago. So let me ask you the same question: for the younger children, having to, you know, go to school with them, PTO meetings, concerts, whatever, how how does your children accept what you have? My kid, my oldest one, when my second one was born, I already had vitiligo. So my, she know her mom only looked one way, which was how I looked. Mm-hmm. So going out with my girls, anywhere we would go, everyone knew I was their mother, and they would mm-hmm. introduce me as their mother. It was never awkward. It was never, I was never disrespected. Good. You know, my Good. girls, um, yeah, they. I mean, their friend would ask questions, and they would tell their friend what I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they would never shy away from me or mm-hmm. ask any insensitive question that adults would ask. Yeah, yeah. They're trained well. Now, what about the right. question of asking, Mommy, do you think I'll ever get it or any of that? Any Anything like that ever come up? Never, never. Mm. And you're giving me you're giving me questions I might have to ask them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you don't you know they don't often say all that they're thinking. 
and that might be right in there in the package of what they're thinking, but they don't know how to articulate it properly, so they don't even try. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you are now on the front lines in this era of pandemic. How is mm-hmm. that working out for you? Are you in the front lines? How How is that going? Well, I was in the front line. Now I take, now I work from home. So um, knowing that I have vitiligo and knowing that it's an autoimmune, because I only found out all the details when, you know, after at my second daughter. By then, I think mm-hmm. I was maybe 29, 30. Mm-hmm. So um, then I started to see a dermatologist and knew that I could pick up the simple cold. Yes. just by walking into a room. So I was very alert. But the doctors that I worked for, they had also, once COVID um, took over, mm-hmm. um, they were only seeing patients virtually. So I didn't, I didn't interact with any patients for the first maybe six months mm-hmm. of COVID. I did everything online. You know, I would go to the office, but... I did, we didn't see sick patients at all for that first six months of COVID. So that was a that was a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. And now that things are turning around for the good, keeping our fingers crossed. Are you are you back out on the front lines? Are you out there? No, I'm not. I'm no. still working at home, and I think I'm going to stay this way until they let me do it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I've heard employers say that they're getting more productivity out of employees um, working <laughs> from home. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll certainly see what happens. Um, I, I'm going to ask you some other questions as far as, you know, your support system and what have you. But let's take a break here so we can catch, you know, get our throats wet You take a break, and I will be with you. Thank you for this time. All right? All right. Thank you. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, my first half of the conversation with my dear friend, new friend, longtime friend, but first time having a conversation, chatting like this with Marika out of Atlanta, Georgia, um, on the the front lines, but um, working from home the healthcare field. And um, again, my name is Valerie Molyneux, President and CEO of VitFriends, and we wanted to remind you that we are being sponsored by my Vitiligo's team. It's a sponsor of our podcast. We're excited about that announcement. Came out June 1st. Again, June is Vitiligo Awareness Month, and we hope that you're doing all you can to celebrate, to share information, to Uh, bring awareness to this condition. Um, We are excited to be hosting, well, well, my Vitiligo's team, that is, is hosting and sponsoring the upcoming virtual conference, which is June 26th. If you'd like more information, please visit myvitiligosteam.com backslash resources and you will get all the information um, about that upcoming event. Um, we're honored and pleased that several of our Bit Friends groups 
have received their governor's proclamation clearing June as vitiligo awareness month in their state. We are honored here in Massachusetts uh, that we've received one of those at least for the last seven, seven years or so. Uh, and we're honored even this very week to go to the legislature is giving us some um, recognition as well. So we're happy about all of that um, that's happening with us. My next podcast is this coming Tuesday at 1 p.m. with Jackie McDonald out of California. And that's followed on Sunday the 27th. My co-host, Mark Braxton, will uh, interview Greg Palmer out of Tampa, Florida. And we are pleased to uh, add to our podcast team, uh, Tiffany Grant. She will be the host of a show. It's called Vitiligo. She is also now brand new to the Vit Friends board. And also... Uh, she will have a new uh, Vit Friends group called, it's called Vitiligo. It's a woman's workshop that we'll be meeting once per month. So we are busy. We're working. We are boots on the ground uh, making things happen, our uh, support community. And we're proud to say that most of our groups with the pandemic uh, retreating a little bit, uh, retreating a lot, we pray. Um, most of the groups are getting out and within the last, the next couple of months, uh, trying to get together, whether it's walking, picnicking, um, just getting together. And so we're excited that life could come back to some sense of normalcy for all of us. And finally, if you have not heard about it, let me tell you all about it. Uh, we are in production with Hull Bay Production. We are in the middle of getting started um, the work on a film entitled My, I'm sorry, More Than Our Skin. Morethanourskin.org will give you all the information about this film. Uh, it features and follows the life of um, five of us. Um, which is meant to be the five main groups that started this organization. And um, it'll feature us five women, and we'll also, you'll see others throughout, doctors, uh, advocacy leader, and some of our group members and lead other groups that we have. Um, so please be on the lookout for more more information about that. Or again, you can find it at my Vitaligo's team is um, hopefully getting a, getting to be a part of it, I, I believe. But the movie is called More Than Our Skin. So follow us, listen to us um, on our podcast. We'll be sharing more details. Um, but I'm ha happy today, very happy and excited to share in conversation with Narika. And let me jump on back into the conversation. Um, Narika, are you there? I'm here, ma'am. Awesome. Great. Let's, could you let's jump back in. I'm so, again, I'm so happy that you can spend this time with me as moms and as 
family um, on Sundays. I, I know people have things to do, but I'm glad you were able to give me some time. So let's continue this conversation. We are now down to, um, you know, we covered how far your journey began when you were 12, uh, 20, but 23, you really saw the the bulk of your vitiligo taken over with the birthing of your first child. And by the way, I've heard that from several other women that, um, well, the doctor said that something dramatic could really set it off, but I've heard a lot of um, people tell me that pregnancy really did the job of, of um, did you hear that at all? I did. Um, actually, the lactation specialist told me that um, that it happened to her, and it's just something that's traumatic that happens to the body, and mm-hmm. you're probably stressed, you know, and all that stuff um, that that probably causes it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, support system. I wanted to know, even in those early days, I know you didn't pay much attention to it because um, you were young. It was just centered on your lips. But it sounded as if you, your dad was a strong support system. What about any other person that you can identify today and recognize, recognize them by name as being your support system? Miss Valerie, I think my entire close-knit family, when I said close-knit, like my brother, my husband, my girls, I have cousins mm-hmm. or coworkers that that just, we never talked about it, but they never mm-hmm. let me felt that I didn't yeah. belong. Or I yeah. actually sometimes, my, sometimes uh, my 16-year-old, she's like, Mom, what is she looking, what is she watching like that for? Um she doesn't look, we belong, but I think the problem is her because she doesn't look like you. Mm. So my girls, their intention is if you don't look like mom, then you're probably the problem. If, right. you, if you have a problem looking at me, you know, then probably you're the problem because they, they only see their mom when I was like at the height of it. Even mm-hmm. if I show my girls pictures when I look, when I was, when my patches were real relevant, Sometimes yeah. they don't even recognize the pictures. They actually wow. don't. I have wow. nephews who, like when I show them pictures when I when I was at the height of my patches, they have mm-hmm. to ask, like, Auntie, is that you? Because wow. they only remember me as having vitiligo. So my family was my support yeah. system. My yeah. coworkers was my support system. My, You know, anybody else outside that circle, I really mm-hmm. didn't care. Right, right. Yeah, you don't care what they say. No, because, I mean, I might never see you 20 years down the line. I might right. never see you tomorrow. Doesn't matter. You know, if my kids are hungry, you can't help me. If I need right. a job, what are you going to do for me? So, right. you know, that's, that was my real support system, mm-hmm. my circle, my village, my family. Yeah, yeah. And those girls sound as though they were very protective. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's very good. Now, in Atlanta, where you you are, um, talk about support system. Were you, I mean, as far as, I mean, support group, were you involved? Had you been involved in any support type group for the, for Vitiligo? No, I have. I've joined them on Facebook, but I haven't gone to 
any meetings or done anything. And I don't know if I should, if I maybe it's an ego thing or maybe I'm cocky or, you know, I just think that with everything else going on in the world, even before COVID, when you mm-hmm. think of people with cancer, when we think mm-hmm. of people with diabetes, when you think of mm-hmm. people with high, we know with um, high blood pressure, heart disease, mm-hmm. vitiligo is something that's so minor and so minute. And I don't know if it's just going to be a backlash. I, and I do know they have other symptoms to it, but right. Right. I just think that what the hand that we have been dealt is a blessing in some yeah. way. See, Rather, everybody can't say that. Worse. Everybody can't say that. And that's right. Because look at the strong mm-hmm. foundation you were brought up with. A dad who said, girl, you got it. I don't <laughs> care who say what. Your dad set the tone. Your family, your village, like you said. But there's some people that don't have that. So when, when they are diagnosed with vitiligo, Man, it's like you're mm-hmm. pronouncing the end of their world and the end of life. So yeah. emotionally, mentally, some people are gone. You, for, for but, the thing too that I see with you, you escape the the real heavy duty piece of it because you said it was just centered on your left. What if it was centered on your cheek or centered on your forehead? It might have been a little different, I think. I, I don't know. I'm saying. Go ahead. And, you, and, you're, and you're correct. And when we look at it, when we look at our, because a lot of it, the problem is how we look, mm-hmm. right? But who sets, yes. who sets the tone for how I look? Yes. Only society, us, you yes. know? So I think that's where the problem, we want to look like how the world see us. True. We're not true. And I understand everyone had it different. Every journey is different. My journey mm-hmm. is unique because of the foundation. But then when yeah. we look at it like you know, I'm not gonna leave my house without makeup. That but that's not the true you. So are you hiding yourself from the world? How yeah. will you ever be strong to face your critics if every time you close your door you decide to hide yourself? But that, that person that has not you? yet. That person is not yet at the place of accepting what they have. So they have to do something to cover that. And and you're correct, but if you never accept if you if you can't accept yourself, how can society accept you? It's a process. I mean I think I think it starts with us. And I'm not gonna ever say that I didn't hear the negativity set, you know, in my ears. I heard it many yes. times. Yes, but? But it just wasn't enough. I have, honestly, I have never cried for anything that anyone has ever said about me with vitiligo. You just wasn't worth my tears. You just wasn't yes. worth. Yeah. And my mom would tell me, anytime you cry, <laughs> I would lose a point of blood. I couldn't lose any blood. I was already anemic. <laughs> so you just wasn't worth my tears, and still right. do, you know. And, right. You know, I, I had family who would shun away when I tried to hug them. That was, yeah. you know, haven't seen me in years, and I went back to visit. But even though you were family, you wasn't part of my circle. You wasn't part of my village wow. to intimidate me. I just and they you know, shy have away. to educate you. Yes, older, wow. not even kids, older people, aunts who was older than my mother. 
Wow. That didn't hurt so you. So it just was no, because you wasn't I didn't you wasn't part of my life. You and then I go back to me saying, When you don't know you just don't know. So that's when yes. we have to educate them and let yeah. them know exactly what it is. Yeah. Because, I mean, I only know about vitiligo when I was in my 20s. Right. I had it right. at least eight years before that, but never, never stopped to research or anything. I went to the doctor one time, and my insurance mm. didn't cover it, and I never went back. Mm. Wow. Wow. Then I think sometimes we have to find ourselves first before we yes. ask other people. Yes, yes. Especially when I you think, have kids. I think one of, one of the things that I've heard doing these shows from people is you go to the doctor, you see the thing, let's say, on your lip. No, the mm-hmm. lip is too, the lip blends in. So let's say you see this thing on your cheek <laughs> and you go to the doctor. Number one, you're encountering a doctor who is not familiar. He don't even sound comfortable mm-hmm. talking to you because he don't know what he's talking about. You got that issue. And then he slams you with this, um, No, there's no cure. So he don't sound comfortable, confident in what he's saying to me. Then he's telling you there's no cure. Man, he just disturbed your world. So that's mm-hmm. what he you know, that's when your emotion just is like downhill. But mm-hmm. if you're strong with a strong village and a strong father, and, and if you got some, this, this people that boost you, encourage you, you know, positivity will come out of them like it's coming out of you. And that's beautiful. But most are not there. Right. Yes. yes. I, I understand. Yes. And, you know, sometimes, People like I love Dollar Tree. That's like one of my favorite stores, mm-hmm. and I go there a lot. And you know, I met this one older lady, and we were talking. And um, you know, and I tell her when I first had it, it was not that I was intimidated by going mm. out, but I knew I belonged, so I had to go out regardless. You know, and she's like, "Well, have you ever tried for disability?" I said, "Disability for what? I'm not disabled." <laughs> I no said the way. only thing that I cannot go outside is the sun and my car is tinted. I would bathe in sunblock. I would run outside, wear my hat, and I'll come back in. Mm. So well, have you ever had like a GYN exam? I said I have plenty. I have three kids. But I'm not. If this is me. Whatever you see is what you're going to get. I can't do nothing about it. Sometimes some of the things people say, they should <laughs> Yes. The insensitivity, insensitive in what they're saying. Um, disab- she's sending you for disability. Could you imagine that? Yes. Right. So when I look at, and I have friends who are on disability because of real serious health yes. issues. Yeah. So when I think of my vitiligo, to me, it's like a blimp on the map. Exactly. Yeah. In that case, yes. Totally. Totally. That's what needs to change, and it will change with education, um, Mm -hmm. understanding of what this is, you know, um, from an early age. And that's what one of our push is to get um, the curriculum to to 
one day to see it include, you know, it, people are reading books in, in these elementary schools that talk about cancer, talk about this, talk about that. <laughs> we want the word vitiligo to be included. So the kids right. will know it's not deadly, it's not contagious, it's not the end of the world type thing. We want it included. So in Atlanta, you had never gone to a support group, any of that? No. No, never. Never. No. And Ms. Valerie, did I tell you I love my I love my house. I don't like to leave it, even when I work outside. <laughs> so I just I'm I, I'm a I'm a homebody. I love yeah. I love my house. Yeah. Not because of my vitiligo, but during the week it's a hustle and bustle. And on the weekends, I just want to chill, watch TV, yeah. read a book. Yeah. You know, sleep. You know, on the weekends, I like to stay in bed till like ten, twelve o'clock. So wow. I choose to just stay home. Yes. So. We must be related, never. girl. We 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 we're gonna have to check something. We must be related. <laughs> Ten o'clock is a good time for me too, child. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, love it, love it, love it. So, beside the the, the children, the family, where the children are grown, and you said now, let's touch on that a little bit. Your 21 year old, has she been to the doctor mm-hmm. to be diagnosed, or are you the one making this diagnosis? She already been to the doctor to be diagnosed. Yeah. Okay. What is she saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had you've been an awesome role model for her. What is she saying? I don't think she cares. And the reason why I say it, we have talked about it uh, when Mm -hmm. she was younger. Um, Most of her friends have asked her, you know, same thing, what happened to your mom, which she had enough knowledge to tell them by that time. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes she said, Mom, you know what, this person asked me today, they asked me, and which was one person, asked her, a classmate asked her, like, did you get burned over your eyes because her vitiligo just over her eyes and her tips of her fingers. And she mm. was like, Mom, I looked at him like, that is such a dumb question. <laughs> and, sure is. Right, and she told him, she said, I have vitiligo. She said, I spelled it out for him, and, you know, if he wants to Google it, he could go ahead. Mm-hmm. But then I have to tell her, remember, we just have to educate people. Just educate him go. and He'll probably he'll probably learn, but you know, answering a dumb question that you think is dumb with a dumb answer doesn't make mm-hmm. you look any smarter either. Exactly, exactly. Wow, wow. But she's yeah, yeah. she's in college. It yeah. doesn't bother her one bit. She we you know, her friends most of her friends are the same. She she is a loner like her mommy. Um, uh-huh. She doesn't like to talk. She's shy, so you know. Her like her friends are the same from middle school. Mm-hmm. You know they know me. They have seen me change over the years. Parents have so. It's nothing. She hasn't encountered bullying either. Good. Because I think it's because of the same friends, the cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, same elementary yeah. school, same middle school, same high school, mm-hmm. and now college. Mm-hmm. So, and. You know, everything is fine mentally with her. Um, I only took her to the doctor early because I knew what I went through with being anemic, and I just mm-hmm. wanted her to not go down that road that I did for such a long yeah. time. Yeah. So you have a 21 you know, that's, that's solid and, and is comfortable in her skin and living her life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
what's next for Narika? What, what's what's next for Narika? You're working from home. Um, no one's doing much traveling, so I don't think you're going to the Caribbean. But what's next for Narika? Want to catch up on my sleep. That's all I really want to do. I just, you know, I don't want. Um, I, I, I like a stress-free life. I like how my life is now. I know my girls mm-hmm. are getting older, so I don't have to worry about them as much that I did before. Mm-hmm. And um, in my vitiligo sense, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I don't think I'll ever be completely dark or black again, and this is fine mm-hmm. with me. I think, I think I'm more sexier with this complexion, actually. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, when I put on different colors, I think it looks better on me being light-skinned mm-hmm. than dark-skinned. So, yeah. and that's really it. I just want to be healthier. I'm trying to get out there and exercise. I'm trying to mm-hmm. eat healthier, you know. Um, and that's really it. I don't have it. I just want to be healthy and happy, and everything yeah. else will fall in place. Well, I I, I love your... Um, your confidence, your positivity rings loud. I love the word, um, something you said earlier about going into stores and just acting as if you belong. You are totally, um, totally comfortable with life and with your vitiligo. Seems from the very, very beginning where you've never tried treatment, you've never tried anything. You're just happy with life. And, you know, Oprah coins the phrase, live your best life now. And that sounds so, totally mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yes, ma'am. Is you know, I've been dealt with it. It's nothing, you know, they said, when you get, when you have lemons, you make lemonade. And that's what I'm doing. It's, you know, yeah. I have to live with it. And I just have to move forward. And I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure it's a word we use in the house. It's just. It's a part of me, yes, but yeah. it's not me. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't dominate our life. So I asked the last two people I interviewed, the one yesterday as well. So I'll ask it to you anyway, but I basically know the answer because you basically have said it. <laughs> if there was a, the medical community came out with a cure, FDA-sanctioned, approved, tested cure for vitiligo tomorrow, and said, get in the line if you want it. Is Narika going to be in the line? And if not, why not? No, I won't be in the line. I'm I'm happy with how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't be there. It's, I'm just, you know, this is what God gave me. And I'm happy with it. I'm not going to yeah. throw it back in his face. Um, mm. FDA approved it. That's fine with them. But how my life is now is perfectly fine with me. I've yeah. lived with vitiligo more than I've lived with it more than I have not. I have it longer yeah. Yeah. than not having it. So yeah. it's life. It's my life. It's a life That's that good. God chose for me, and I'm gonna ride the waves out. Amen. So if there's somebody out there, they don't have this confidence in themselves. They don't have this positivity as um, Narita has. They don't feel the sense of belonging. We started out 2020, um, we had some work done on our rebranding work, and that was part of the motto that we came up with when we ended our our course, and we entitled our work, Belong, to be part of it, friends. We want you to feel like you belong. We want you to feel empowered, and we want you to live your life. 
you all of that beams from you. I mean, oh my God. You you the sense of belonging, the sense of empowerment and positivity, and, and this girl is living her life. So if there's somebody else there listening to you right now and they're not there. They want I spoke to a girl a month ago in New York. She wanted to commit suicide. Speak to that person, would you please? Speak to anybody out there listening anywhere today that is struggling and not where we are. If, if God had placed you in a cabin with five people and you had vitiligo, there was cancer, AIDS, diabetes, and even heart disease, which one would you want out of all of those diseases? Which one would you choose? Which one could you live with? Which one could you live with without having any medication, any treatment, surviving, just living right? The only answer mm. is vitiligo. You don't have to worry about being your foot amputated. You don't have to worry about having a stent. You don't have to worry about losing your eyesight. I mean, it's so much way that vitiligo in a, is a blessing in so many ways. God mm. don't make nothing ugly. He only makes the best. His strongest mm. soldiers always have the biggest battles, and oh, that's what that it is. Again. Oh, say that again. His oh, strongest doesn't, yeah, God doesn't make nothing ugly. Everything he makes is beautiful. Oh, he doesn't goodness. make nothing his strongest, ugly. What, what did you say about his strongest soldiers? He gave his, and I said it backwards, he gave his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers, and we are all wow. soldiers. God chose Bethel Igo for us for a reason. Wow. Because he knew we could handle it. He knew whether I decide to wear my makeup, I could still, my back is big or broad enough to handle all the burdens that come from the world. What is Hmm. beauty? Beauty is what you make it to be. Beauty is not what the other person say is beautiful. I am Hmm. pretty. I am beautiful. Because Hmm. God doesn't make ugly. Nobody made you but him. Hmm. He doesn't make nothing ugly. Hmm. So if there's anybody out there listening, we want them to be reminded that they're beautiful. That's all you said. Yes. Yep. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. That's it. Because you're beautiful. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Well, that was a mouthful. And uh, let me tell you, it is an honor and a privilege just finally getting to meet you this way. I felt we had connection from the first time you said it on Facebook, (laughs) our heritage, and that connection, I I felt a bond, a kinship, a friendship. And so I'm blessed to have this conversation with you. Is your dad still alive? Yes, he is. Yes, yes. Please give him my regards. (laughs) I will. Yes, I will. Please give him my regards. (laughs) And like I said, um, uh, I listen at least once or twice a week to um, something called Observer Radio from Antigua, Homeland. And Paul, the main broadcaster, Paul, has the condition. So we talk from time to time, and I told him I'm going to be talking to a homegirl today. So I have a couple of friends I'll be sharing this broadcast with. But I want to say, Narika, thank you. We have to do it again. Now you practice today. You're not nervous anymore. So we're going to have to get no. real deep. We have to do this again. <laughs> My regards to your family, to your husband, 
thank him for holding you down and, and for, for those children who are your support system. Bless you all. Stay well. Again, thank you. Any last words? You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having You're me. You're welcome. Remember, God doesn't make anything ugly. Everything he makes is beautiful. Thank you. God bless you. Stay well. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What an awesome conversation. And uh, a couple of years ago, connecting on Facebook and learning that we had some connections um, just was a pleasure. And I set this up to do this um, for a long time. And I'm getting to all the names, I believe, that I've wanted to talk to. And there's so many I still have to surprise. I'm going to people in the community that are not out there leading a group modeling, doing this, doing that, their face is not all over the place. And so uh, I want to hear from those folks. And so uh, Narika was one of those, and I love her picture. She posts pictures in the office at her health, um, at her healthcare job over the years. And I've just admired her and wanted to get a chance to chat. She's so beautiful. And so again, God does not make Anything ugly is one of her lines. And the second line was, God gives um, to the strongest soldiers. God gives to the strongest soldiers the task that he knows that we can carry. And we can carry Vitalago. And we are carrying it very well. So, again, from our Vit Friends board, we say blessings and peace to all of you in the community. Continue to celebrate. We still have some of this June to go as we celebrate um, Vitiligo Awareness Month. And um, we ask that you celebrate safely, uh, do all you can to enjoy yourself and to live your best life. Live it to the fullest. Remember, you belong. Remember, stay positive, whatever you do. Vit Friends is here for you. You can reach us. Um, www.bitfriends.org you'll find all that we're doing all that's happening on our website you can always call us 24-7 at 844-374-3639 we're on Facebook BitFriends, we're on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on Reddit we're on iHeartRadio we're on Spotify we're on Apple Radio oh my goodness the platforms are amazing I'm not skilled in most of them, but we're on them, and we're just so grateful. Thank you again on behalf of our board and our entire BitFriends community of groups throughout the U.S. and with plans of merging into the Caribbean. We bless you to BitFriends, Cuba, um, and any of our friends out there, we say hello and blessings. Uh, this is sponsored by my Vitaligo's team, and we'll look forward to hearing you and sharing with you again real soon. Blessings and peace.